Our scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he had made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Good morning, everyone. And as always, I want to say that I consider it to a, a privilege to stand before you this morning. And I hope that as we meditate in God's word, that we open our minds, our hearts uh, to the Holy Spirit and see in what ways we can be edified this morning. Um, you know, we continue, we will continue to pray for Corey and his family, making, uh, praying that they get well soon. Uh, and uh, so let's let's go ahead and pray right now. Lord, thank you for this. Uh, uh, well, it's a beautiful morning. Thank you. It's a little cold, but uh, it's it's a, it's a day that you have made, and we pray that you will help us to be glad and to rejoice in it. Uh, Lord, as we meditate in this passage, we pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to us, that you that uh, you will help us to open our minds, our hearts to you, and see in what ways we can build up, edify, and encourage, and um, you know just to continue serving you in the ways and the things that you have given to us to do. So we pray the things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So some observations about, you know, the passage that we read. Joseph is 17 years old. Young. Um, and his father loves him very much. Joseph was born in his father's old age. Some of us may have that, you know, that experience of being born when your parents were already uh, old. I, I know my, my father, he, he, he was born when his father was 40 years old. Uh, Jacob gave him a nice robe full of colors. And Joseph was a dreamer. Not the dreamer that we think of today, right? Uh, he told his brothers and his dad about his dreams. The problem with his dreams is that he was dreaming that they, his brothers and his parents, 
we're going to be bowing, well, we're bowing down to him. <clears throat> and he was a little bit of a brother who tells your parents about you. Also, these things, uh, you know, all these things did not sit well, sit well with his brothers. And they hated him. They totally hated him. You know, now we know that we don't really have control over what we dream. You know, so maybe the way he, he was telling about his dreams was what irritated his brothers. I don't know, but we don't really have control over our dreams. Although some say that we dream our deep desires, our deep emotions, our deep memories, deep fears, and deep anxieties. So I asked Google uh, when I was preparing for this, why do people dream? And so I got a bunch of answers, but one of the answers that got my attention is coming from a Dr. Howard Lewine, who is the chief medical editor at Harvard Health Publishing. And he says that dreaming occurs during REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement, is very light sleep, <clears throat> which has been described as an active brain in a paralyzed body. So they say your brain is full and fully going, but your body can't move. Your brain's races, thinking and dreaming as your eyes dart back and forth rapidly behind closed lids. The dream is the brain's attempt to make sense and a cohesive story out of randomly generated memories. This sleep is also key for mental uh, restoration. Uh, it helps with learning, memory, and emotional, mental health, and uh, yeah, emotional and mental health. <clears throat> we find in the Bible that God used dreams to give messages to several uh, biblical characters. In the Old Testament, obviously, we have uh, Joseph, the son of Israel. But we also have another Joseph in the New Testament, husband of Mary, giving him specific instructions on what to do in confusing and dangerous times uh, what to do in order to protect the baby, Jesus, and his wife, Mary. <clears throat> These dreams caused a lot of pain to Joseph. Um, you know, now back to Joseph, the son of Jacob. <clears throat> but in the end, in many years after suffering injustices, he rose to be second to Pharaoh in Egypt. We know the story from beginning to end now. But Joseph didn't know that story at the time he was living it. <clears throat> when terrible things uh, were happening to Joseph, Joseph only knew that his brothers hated him and had sold him to be a slave to, as a slave to some Midianites or Ishmaelites. And he was bought by a wealthy Egyptian in Egypt and earned the trust of his slave master, <clears throat> Potiphar. But then Potiphar's wife sexually harassed him, and when he refused to sleep with, with her, she accused him falsely of attempted rape. Potiphar, in his anger, threw him in prison. He was there for years before he finally came out after interpreting a couple of songs. You remember this, uh, the, the a couple of dreams, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the dream of the cupbearer of Pharaoh and the dream of the baker of Pharaoh who were put in prison, prison and the interpretation of the dreams came, came you know, to realization. It happened where the, where the baker was actually hanged after three days and the caber was actually restored to his position. 
Joseph demonstrated his leadership qualities and hard work in the house of Potiphar, and Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and in prison, he was put in charge of everything that happened there. In Genesis 39:21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor and the sight of his chief jailer. It is tempting. It's tempting to think that, dream, that the dreams were, were Joseph's and that he knew what he wanted. But having a dream is not the same as having an ambition or having goals in life. For example, a goal to become someone important, to pursue that dream by going to the best colleges and or universities, or dream of success in the business world and making investments that bring a good return, or the dream to become a business owner or work hard to open your business and succeed financially this way. So if we think that his dream, Joseph's dreams, were about Joseph climbing to the top and to become second to Pharaoh only, we would be mistaken. The purpose God had for Joseph was, as Joseph finally came to understand it, to preserve life and preserve a remnant on the earth for the house of Jacob. Genesis 45, 4 through 8 says, Then Joseph, this is after, you know, we know the story, so I'm j jumping forward. Uh, but this is when after, you know, his brothers came to Cana, to Egypt from Canaan looking for food because of the famine that was going on, uh, his, uh, Joseph recognized, recognized them. Uh, and so he, the, the, what I'm going to read here is the scene where he tells them who he is. <clears throat> then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold, you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourself because you sold me here. But then he changes his tune. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. And there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve, see again, God sent me, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So again, it was not you who sent me here, but God. This is just beautiful. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord all, and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. But now he understands the, the real reason God sent him there. We could ask ourselves, what is God's purpose for us, right? What is God doing in our life? How can we join with God and his purpose for us? Uh, there is no one size fit all answer for these questions. God knows you and me more than we know ourselves. If God has a purpose for us, he will lead us to understand our purpose in our life as Christians. And you notice that I'm saying us now, uh, and I'm saying that on purpose because in Christ, we are one. Christ, we are one. As members of the body of Christ, we have become one. We are one in Christ. 
But a group of individuals make a community. God took Joseph out of his 12, his 11 brothers, the sons of Jacob, and prepared him for this purpose. We may think that being chosen by God is always glamorous and exciting, right? That's what we like. I'm going to become a pastor. I remember uh, a, when I was in seminary, one of the students uh, confessed that he, he, what he wanted more than anything when he started seminary is to be called reverend. That was his dream, to be a reverend. I mean, he, he, he wanted to serve God too, but one of the things that he wanted was to be reverend. He didn't realize, you know, uh, what that means. And, you know, the, the glamour is certainly there sometimes, but the hardships are also come with it. <clears throat> so many times, God's purpose is carried out through hardship and suffering. <clears throat> Although suffering in and of itself is not redemptive, the process we must walk through to do God's will can and will be filled with suffering. <clears throat> you know, I was singing the, the, the song that I sang that I expressed that I really love so much. You know, my mother was not a singer. She didn't sing in this, as a special song in churches of big audiences. She didn't. When I was hearing it, it was when I was a child, and she was going around doing her mundane, everyday things in life including changing diapers. So that's how I learned that song, you know, not in a, like, wow, my mother was a, such a great singer, no. But in a world that we measure success with accomplishment and happiness, suffering is many times seen as a punishment from God. Scriptures do not teach that. Scriptures do not teach that. But we don't like to suffer, do we? I mean, I don't like to suffer. It's horrible. The story of Joseph is far, far removed from us. We cannot possibly be called to the same thing Joseph was called to. But we as Christians are called to be witnesses of Jesus in our time and our spaces. The words of Jesus resonate today. All authority is in heaven and on earth has given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. One important job that we have individually and as a body of Christ is to tell the world about Jesus. All these things are done in community, and then all these things are done in the authority of the one who has all authority. Who is that? Jesus. Peter, in his first letter, in chapter 2-9, says, But you are chosen race. Now, race is, uh, the, the NRSV, you know, translate race here, but actually it should be people. Um, it's more of, it's the the... Greek word is ethnos, so the word race is not even there. But, but you, so I'm going to read. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who calls you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Once you were not people, but now you are God's people. 
once you have not you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we make disciples, we bring people to become the church, to become a cho chosen lineage. Lineage is the word that is used in Spanish. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Amen? To make disciples. This is a dangerous work in some places of the world today. Many people have given their lives doing this. Some years ago, in my own country, in Guatemala, I pastored back in the 50s. I pastored who was a friend of my father and my mother who studied together in, in the Bible school. Uh, he was killed precisely for preaching the gospel, for doing the work that our Lord Jesus had given to him. And yet, out of the strategy for him and his family, the church in that town, Alotenango, is flourishing today. He was the first person who ever preached the gospel there. <clears throat> God had a purpose unbeknownst to him. Does it have to be this way all the time? No, it doesn't have to be that way. However, we must be aware that the preaching of the gospel, the purpose of God of the purpose of God in earth will always have the opposition of Satan, of the devil. Intentional in the humans too, intentional or in unintentional. It doesn't matter. There will always be a pushback. So what do we do? We must learn to trust in the Lord, lean on his grace and in his power. The Spanish translation of the song I sent earlier, Su gracia es mayor, his grace is greater, speaks of the grace, power, and love of Jesus in difficult times. His grace is greater when the burden increases. His power is greater when the struggle is cruel. If the struggle is more, his grace is greater. If more are the worries, greater is his peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. There is no limit to the power of Jesus, for out of his infinite riches and glory, his gifts abound, his love abound. If our resources are exhausted, if we have no strength to continue, we are at a breaking point. The time has come when God will work it out. We have received so much from the Lord. The Lord has been so faithful to us through all these years, struggling or not struggling. We continue to do the work that the Lord uh, has called us to do. And I hope and I pray that the story of Joseph and the power of Jesus continue to inspire us and excite us to continue to move forward in his work and be fully aware of the fact that we will experience pushback. We may struggle, but when that happens, we can have full confidence that the Lord, the Lord is right here. You know, one of the themes in the Gospel of Matthew is Emmanuel. God is with us. <clears throat> And he will help us to accomplish his purpose in our lives for the well-being of our nation, our communities, our families, our neighbors, the immigrants, the refugees, and that in his power, God will continue to preserve for himself a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood that proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you, who call us out of darkness, and to his marvelous light. Amen.